Welcome to the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. I'm your host, Nathan Callanan, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Jack Lynch. We're coming to you from Melbourne, Australia, where it is currently 6pm on Friday the 7th of February. On today's show, we'll be going through all the biggest trades that happened before this morning's deadline, and how each of them will affect the league for the rest of the season. We're ready to go. It's time for tip-off. Once again, welcome to the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. JL, how are you? Good, thank you, Nate. How are you? Welcome back. I'm good. Uh, Coming off today's loss against the Milwaukee Bucks, my Philadelphia 76ers, not too good. Expected, though. Yeah. Since the last time I saw you, our team's the Boston Celtics and the 76ers did play each other. They did? Recap it for me. Ah, uh, you know, my mind's a bit fuzzy. And my memory, you know, can't really remember too much. It's funny that because the Bronx cheer basketball page on Facebook and Twitter had nothing about the game either, so... Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh. That's funny, isn't it? Yeah. It mustn't have happened. That's what we're going to go with, I reckon. Righto, righto. Um... How's things going with the tropics? The tropics, uh, flying as always. Wednesday night, how'd you go? We had a we had a win, interesting win. Um, well, first and like second last place. So, and I think they they were about five foot eleven most of them, mm. and that was like their starting center. Houston Rockets. We'll get to um, that. But yeah, we every week we use my ball, great old molten ball, and then you know go to the ref with my ball. Here we go, and she's now we've already got one. Oh. And she's holding this molten ball, you know, it looks pretty good, looks brand new, but it looks a bit different. I was like, oh, here we go. Oh, no. It was the heaviest thing I've ever used, and they started out hot. They use this ball every week. They yeah. the first three threes, and we're like, oh, we're in trouble here. Yeah. Um, I reckon we missed in the first half. We missed every single shot outside of the paint. Um, I think they got to like a 12-2 to two start. I think we ended up winning 47-23. to 23. Oh. So, wow. turned around pretty quickly. Very um, nice. But geez, we're unhappy with that ball. How was your stat line? A uh, bit iffy. Um, me and James Tate, big fan of the show. Um, we both dropped seventeen apiece, so led the way there. It was good. Threes? Oh, uh, maybe two. Yeah. The nice special. <laughs> Lovely stuff. So enough of E grade basketball. Let's uh, get into some NBA. Uh, this morning at seven a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time was the trade. Deadline, the NBA trade deadline cutoff, which amounted to 3 p.m. Eastern Time America yeah. yesterday, Thursday the the sixth, which also amounted to a lack of sleep for yes for a lot of us. Yes, I I stayed up till about 3:30 a.m. Melbourne time and then fell asleep. Didn't wake up till 9 a.m. and then saw all the trades. Happened to see the New York news. Anyway, let's get into the main ones. 
the first main trade that came about was the uh, Robert Covington, essentially, for Clint Capella. They're the two big names. Uh, the Houston Rockets uh, received Robert Covington, Jordan Bell, who's now been traded further, uh, from the Timberwolves. Second round pick from Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta obviously received Clint Capella and Nene from Houston. Minnesota were also involved. They received Malik Beasley, Juancho, Hernan Gomez, Jared Vanderbilt from Denver, Evan Turner, and a first-round pick from Atlanta. And Denver were obviously involved. Uh, they received Gerald Green, a first-round pick from Houston, Noel Vonley, Shabazz Napier, who's now been dealt again, and Kader Bates-Diop from the Timberwolves. So... The way it looks for me, Robert Covington, uh, good defender, good three-point shooter. The Houston Rockets do not have a tall center. No. They've got Hardenstein, who's averaging, what, four minutes a game or something like that. Yeah, they don't want to be playing it. No. Um, so they're fully committed to this. So when this trade went through, me and I think probably most other fans assumed that one of the pieces again would be dealt for a big man or a future draft pick. Yeah. Nothing happened. Um, Yeah. And that did take me by surprise. So it's it's going to be really interesting watching this because I know you talk about like the three-point movement and how the 2009 Magic sort of started this and obviously the Warriors like mastered it, the three-point movement. But this is a whole new level and like if it goes to plan, could potentially change Change the game. Yeah, it, it it will be huge if it works. What we saw today, we saw the Rockets against the Lakers because of the time that we're recording this, and the Rockets have beaten the Lakers today. Mm. Quite, who are a good defensive team. Yeah, and um, as as we saw the switching that the Rockets were forcing upon those tall Lakers, especially with their awkwardness with Kyle Kuzma and how, you know, they were wanting to maybe find a. A different fit because Kyle Kuzma, LeBron, AD, and Howard or McGee, and the switching that the Rockets were, they were scrambling. And it was it was great to watch as like a, as a basketball standpoint. Interesting, very interesting to watch. There was one play where Kuzma's got lost completely and he's trying to recover to the corner. And I thought, well, I mean, not that he can defend at all; he's an awful defender. But they're forcing teams to make these decisions now. You can't hold a man back and you can't stick a big on a big. Yeah. If the Lakers are going to play with AD on the court, he's going to have to cover James Harden for some possessions. Yeah, that's right. And all teams are now going to have to do this to try and defend the Rockets. So going forward, it may not work, probably won't work, to be be honest. Come the playoffs when it's a slower game, who knows. But interesting to keep an eye on. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Looking over to Atlanta, the other main part of the deal, uh, Clint Capella has been dealt shafted would you say no no a little signed to the big contract and now it's like oh we're changing direction it was a big money saving thing yeah it was but it still direction so if, I, if, he, I, if he was part of their plan like if he was as solid as their plan as these guards Westbrook and uh, James Harden see my theory was that they were going to get rid of Capella and obviously he's going to cost you know, twenty million plus dollars, and you can get someone like Nerlens Noel, your your big favorite, for you know three million, four million dollars, and give you sixty percent of production. Yeah, 
but you know, a fraction of the price. And that's what I thought they were going for, and that just didn't even happen. So I understand what the time I thought I understood why they're doing it. Now I don't, but Clint's at the Rockets and uh, Clint's at um, the Hawks, sorry, and it's going to be fun to watch. And Nene as well. It's just like, take them all. I mean, Nene's not going to do anything. <laughs> I know, but it's just really, it's like backups, last last resort backups, mm. Nene. Just take everything from us. But let's talk about uh, Trey Young and his chemistry with Clint Capella moving forward. How's that going to go? It's going to be good, I think. Initially, I was a bit worried about where John Collins would fit into all of this. But the Hawks are going to be, if everything goes to plan, the way they're drafting, the way they're signing players, looking to be a three-point shooting team. Obviously, Young, don't need to really go into that. Kevin Herter, um, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter. Hunter. John Collins. Well, Collins maybe. Shoots. He does he, shoot. He can extend the He kind of like gives me that Kevin Garnett from the elbow is good, but can't really extend much further from there. He'll, he'll be looking to extend like extend his shot for yeah. the next few seasons. So I think there is space for Capella to operate, set a high screen, roll to the basket, and it'll open a lot for Trey. Mm. Um, other defenses won't be able to hedge. like Their big man won't be able to hedge on the screen and you know, slow Trey, Trey down. They'll have to stick with the role man. So yeah, going forward, it's going to be really interesting to watch because I think this will work. Should be a, a great partnership. Lots of lobs going up to Capella. Oh, without a doubt. Trey Young is a great passer. And blocks leading to transition. It's exciting. Moving on to the, the lesser serious parts of the deal, you could say. Minnesota getting Malik Beasley pretty much is the biggest and the first round pick in, in the deal. That's pretty much good. Obviously, they're looking for young, future type things. Denver, first round pick. And I think this was financial reasons. Yeah, a lot of it was just to help the salaries match for the trade. Um, but also Denver, of course, wanted a first-round pick, as did Minnesota. Um, but you look at you look at who they got. Beasley will be starting for Minnesota, probably Hernan Gomez as well. Denver really didn't take much out of it. They got um, Shabazz Napier and traded him straight away. So I think those two really weren't in there to make much of a difference. They weren't trying to make a splash. They're just helping out the other teams and trying to make a little, you know, a little dent in it, a bit of positivity for him, but I don't think it's going to really change too much for their lineups. So moving on, and uh, a bit of a lesser explosive trade. Uh, this is a nothing trade. The uh, We sort of mentioned Atlanta. Atlanta traded Jabari Parker and Alex Len, and exchange they got Dwayne Dedman from the Sacramento Kings. Dwayne Dedman made it clear that he wanted a bigger role he wanted out yeah he wanted out he wanted a bigger trade role. and he's back back to atlanta back to atlanta and i'd say now with capella i'd say that deadman will not be starting no so and they got two second round picks as well didn't they yes they did uh the atlanta hawks this, uh, this is a nothing trade i'm going out and saying it now yeah this it, is, a it trade. is it is uh jabari onto his fifth team since 2018 <laughs> i thought he was going to be a star in the yeah league. so did i Duke legend. Him and Wiggins coming out together, one and two picks, and I thought Jabari's going to be great. And he looked pretty good. And there's some, there's some, in my opinion, I've seen some sparks here and there. He'll, it was the two ACL injuries of yeah. cooked him. But he cannot play a lick of defense. He looks like he's playing for the Tropics out there on D. <laughs> he's a human turnstile. Just walk straight past him. And then on offense, he's a bit of a black hole. Alex Len, he was a top five pick off memory. He was top six. 
He's no good. Uh oh. Yeah, he's terrible. Deadman isn't going to do much. Deadman is a decent like backup. He's an okay third stringer. <laughs> At best. And then two second round picks aren't really going to do anything. And I think they've got protections on them as well. So this trade, if you if you go on like 12 months time, these players won't be for these teams or play for these teams anymore. You won't even know this trade's happened. I'm going out on a limb and saying it. This is a completely irrelevant trade. Talking about irrelevant and nothing trades, let's put in another one that happened. The Golden State Warriors traded Glenn Robinson III and Alec Burks to the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers traded three second-round picks to the Warriors. Uh, as a Philly expert, I will comment and say that this is probably the best thing that could have happened. Uh, Philadelphia did not have many assets at all. Alton Brand, while he's been getting results of getting players, acquiring players in his tenure, he he doesn't have any backup plan. He always shows his hand and he always essentially loses the trades. But this one was all right because... Philadelphia have second round picks that are high, so like in the 30s, um, that a lot of people thought they were going to have to give up. They gave away neither of those, and they got two role players that can shoot, Alec Burks can create. In saying that, they are role players. There's huge problems in Philadelphia, and I don't even want to talk about them. And I don't think, again, anything's really going to come out of this. I know you're trying to find the positive, but I'd be surprised if this is a game changer for Philly. It will be a little bit, like a 1% at least. We need that. For your sake, I hope so, but I can't imagine it. <sighs> Let's keep going. Please, this, please keep going because I don't want to one, talk about that trade. This one was like the fired up one of yesterday and there was a bit of... Twitter beef. Uh, over the air, over this week, um, Andre Iguodala... That's the name. Mm-hmm. He has been sitting out the whole season, part of the Memphis Grizzlies, but maybe not part of their soul. He wasn't even a part. <laughs> he wasn't even tra- He wasn't even living in Memphis. He had nothing to do with them. Yeah. So Iguodala, obviously with the Golden State Warriors and their dynasty, then was traded in part of the Kevin Durant uh, departure. He was one of the dominoes to fall. Yes. Blew up the team a bit. And he made it very clear that he would like to be bought out so he could go to, I think the rumors were the LA, Lakers or yeah. Clippers initially. Wants to be part of a contender. Uh, in the twilight of his career and pretty understandable, but it did get a bit ugly. Uh, to be precise, uh, will he? Who, who said what on Twitter first this week? First, the first thing I'm pretty sure was Dylan, was Brooks. Dylan Brooks saying, yeah. "Can't wait till we find a trade for him so we can play him yep. and show him what Memphis is about." Yep. And then, ja as in. as the Bronx Sheer basketball shared on social media, Ja Morant, the most likely rookie oh, of you the can year, guarantee it. rookie of the year, big face in the NBA at the moment, uh, re quote tweeted it with an emoji of a. You know, like shout it out. You know, this is it. Uh, and then it kept going. And Steph Curry uh, posted an Instagram story of Iguodala. Was he holding the Finals MVP trophy? Yeah. 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 And then, well, gosh, you think it stopped there? But no, 
Ja Moran claps back and he posts on Twitter the photo of KD winning finals MVP. KD winning the finals MVP, which uh, we won't comment on. We won't. That's that's for another time. Ja is ruthless and he's going to be a superstar. Yeah, he is. He's going to be one of the faces of the league and I love it. Good on him. So, getting back to it all. Iguodala been sitting out half the season. Mm-hmm. Wants to be on a contender. Get him to a contender. Trade deadline time. This is always going to heat up. Oh, and and the Grizzlies also said we're not buying him out. That's what I love about it. Made that clear. Memphis as a small market, Morris teams, but yeah, whatever, we'll buy you out. They were adamant the whole time. We will only trade him. Give us something in return, and they got it. Yeah, really good because they obviously knew that teams were going to like contenders were going to come for him. Yeah, really smart by Memphis. So the trade went like this. Miami received Iguodala and Solomon Hill from Memphis. And Memphis received Justice Winslow, Dion Waiters from the Heat, and Gorgie Jeng, as Jack tells me to pronounce it, from the Minnesota Timberwolves, who chimed in on this one as well. And the Minnesota Timberwolves got James Johnson from... uh, who originally was traded to Memphis, but then was exchanged for Gorgie Jeng. <laughs> that's how it went down. Really? Or at least that's how they reported it, Shams and Woj. Oh, they, they, it was just a two-team two team deal. Miami were trying to get Danilo Gallinari originally. Mm. Minnesota wasn't involved in this. They were originally trying to get Danilo Gallinari from, and Iggy. From OKC. And let, let's get into it. So, OKC got a, uh, kicked out of the trade and that's where Minnesota James Johnson came in. Let's get into, I believe that the Miami Heat would have been scaring me, re- like really scaring me if they got Gallinari, just in terms of age experience type type things. How do you feel about this Iguodala trade? I honestly can't really believe how much people are reacting to this like it's that big of a deal. I don't think Iguodala is going to make much of a difference on a playoff team. I know he's got a decent track record coming off the bench for the Warriors, you know, in their glory days. But he's 38 this season. He hasn't played in six months plus. I don't think he's really going to come in and make a huge difference. He can't really shoot all that well. He's going to, like, maybe he'll be an all right defender. He he was great in his heyday. heyday. He's good the last few years for um, for the Warriors. But I feel like he was losing a step last year, definitely, and I think this year is going to be even more exaggerated. Yeah, even, like, the last couple of years, I guess maybe the whole tenure, you could say overall his best output and his best role was assignment on a player, defending yep. a player. So and to run the offense for him a little bit. Yeah, so it will be interesting to see if that's still the case if it is like here's your assignment LeBron. I I don't know. Oh, sorry, no. They'll have to make the finals. Are they making the finals? I thought Philly were. <laughs> that's what you telling me. <laughs> no, but I think well, here's your assignment who, well, not Giannis, I don't know. But I just don't think he's going to be moving <laughs> yeah. for a playoff team. But like, even last year, you look at him and he was averaging six points, four rebounds. Three assists. Something like that and a half a steal and half a block. Like, it's okay numbers for your ninth guy off the bench maybe, but not on a contender. 
Yeah. Or hoping to be contender. They've just got so many players, I'm just, Miami. I'm just sceptical about this, and I think everyone's overreacted because Iggy's got a big name. Will be interesting. Uh, in terms of Memphis, I think the way that Memphis, Memphis are building themselves at the moment, which seems very nice, mm-hmm. also extended Dylan Brooks's contract. Great decision. He's going to be... That's, that's a steal of a contract. Justice Winslow, who's the main get from Miami in this... Uh, for me, he seems like what Memphis are looking to be at the moment. I think he does have. He's got a, like a good place in this league, and he's a good starter. Yeah, but he's missed like 130 games since 2016 or something like that. He's always injured, and he's plays a similar role to Jimmy Butler. Um, like big man runs the offense, or big man, I mean like yeah, small forward. Um, and started playing his best basketball when he's running the offense. So once Jimmy came and he was injured, there was just no real room for him. Yeah, that's right. So I think for Memphis, he's actually going to be quite a good get if he can get healthy. Because he's a good defender. And when the ball's in his hand, he thrives. Let Jar play a little bit off ball. You can run them both. I think it'll work really well. And then also you've got Dan Waiters, who has been up and down. Um, not the greatest player, but spark off the bench. And I wanted to leave this one for last because you're a Boston man. Memphis handed over Jay Crowder to Miami in this in this deal. Tell me how how are you feeling about Jay 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 ninety nine Crowder. Oh boy. All capital tweets. He yeah, all capitals every single tweet. But I love that man so much. He was fantastic for Boston, shot forty percent from three that twenty sixteen season off memory. But yeah, he got dealt to Cleveland and it turned to shit pretty quickly. Everyone in that Cleveland pickup was garbage. Was a negative, yeah. Utah, he picked it up. He was okay for Utah. Had some big moments. And I thought that he was part of, at least he was part of the smiles at Memphis. Yeah, but he hasn't been having a good year. He's like, <laughs> at all. I think he's shooting like 26% from three or something like that. And that's his that's his role. And again, adds a bit of toughness, which fits the Miami culture very well. He's a tough boy, and he defends quite well. Not as well as he used to. He slowed down a lot laterally, um, but can still take a bigger body, and he can defend the three and the four. But he's not going to provide much spacing because his shot's flat and ugly. And yeah, I'm just... Another piece from Boston, this career somehow dwindles down. But he, I think he will probably start at the power forward. I think they'll move... Um, Myers landed to the bench and they start Bam at the five. Yeah. Play a bit more smaller and a bit quicker. But again, I don't see this moving the needle. Yeah, they they as I said before, they've just they've got so many playable players at Miami. But as I said in previous podcasts, it's just these these relying on these young players that 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 I can't give them too much of a a shot in my mind. And I know well, we both love Bam. Yes. He's, he's a great young player. And we know Jimmy, and especially you, you saw it last year, we know he can take over games. But it's sort of few and far between. doesn't happen regularly enough. Yeah. And I think about them in the playoffs with their such young roster and so many role players. I don't know who would win them playoff games on their own back other than Butler maybe once a series. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, oh, well, may as well mention this. Uh Yesterday, I don't know if you saw, but when the Clippers played the Heat, Pat Bev just just loves. Did you see this? I didn't. Pat Bev 
just I don't know if there must have been beef. I didn't see it, but uh, Beverly tweeted after the game in some sort of terminology. Uh, Jimmy Butler, you you talk trash to TJ Warren, but then both times you played against K K K something Kawhi, mm-hmm. you've been quiet. Um, and then like laughing face. Like, How did I miss this? This is I the, joys of, the LeBron, joys of working six days a week at the moment. The Bronxshire basketball uh, social medias shared it all over. Might have to click uh, following and make sure I get all those <laughs> notifications. That's right. Uh, yes, I just thought it was hilarious. Pat Bev, always the uh, devil's advocate. In the thick of it, always. Oh, um, yeah, a bit interesting. Just so random. As, as I said, I didn't uh, investigate to see if there was actually any beef on the day. But, uh, but like, there's your example the Clippers and maybe the Lakers game, but especially the way the Clippers have handled the heat both times they played them. I just, you can just see the the veteran experience coming up against these, these younger guys. So let's go on to a, another couple of trades. We'll, uh, we'll actually start with the Cleveland and Detroit trade. Can this be another, another part of your favorite segment? <laughs> what? Cleveland received from the Detroit Pistons Andre Drummond. Mm-hmm. So everyone's mind who's listening to this right now is racing and didn't know the news. Oh, Trish and Thompson uh, want out Kevin Love. They must have dealt one of them somewhere or in the trade. No. No. No, they didn't get rid of Trish and Thompson or Kevin Love. Um... They got rid of Brandon Knight and John Henson and gave Detroit a second round pick. So now you have a really unhappy Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, who's just Tristan Thompson, and Andre Drummond, who was pissed. He did not like the fact that he got traded. Oh, he was pissed. And it was, I don't know, it was like yesterday, he's like, I'm just going to go to sleep and I'll wake up and I'll work out if I'm traded. I think it's because he got traded to Cleveland. (laughs) It was to a contender, he'd be stoked. Yeah, well, yeah, because I was a bit, like, confused. He seemed so prepared for the worst. This is where we need the audio of Joakim Noah saying, no one takes a vacation to Cleveland. (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah, I, personally, I don't rate... Drummond that highly. Um, it's part of the whole no shooting is outdated. So I don't really. He plays a role. He's big. He's top five rebounder of all time. Yeah. But that only goes so far in the NBA these days. Like he he might get you twenty and twenty, but he doesn't. He's not that good of a def- defender. He, he's he a name. He's a name, and he does the rebounds. He's got hairy shoulders. Uh, I he's got such hairy <laughs> shoulders. But that's about it. I feel bad, but at the same time, I just he's not elite. I wouldn't call him elite. I'm really happy though about this trade because <laughs> Brandon Knight is back in Detroit, and he's famous for two things in Detroit: getting his ankles broken by Kyrie in the uh, rookies and sophomores game. Oh, was and that then, him? Yeah, and then getting absolutely destroyed by DeAndre Curry Jordan. Curry was wearing some yellow... Yeah, yellow yeah. Uh, Iconel hyperdunks. Yeah, I actually remember that. And then, yeah, got absolutely destroyed by DeAndre Jordan on one of the best alley-oop posters of all time. Oh, is that the one where DeAndre Jordan's got, like, the big shocked face? Yeah, yeah. and that was, again, Brandon Knight. Yeah, wow. What a career. So he's back, <laughs> and I can't wait for it. That's so exciting. <laughs> okay, so moving on to... 
more notable trades. Let's get into this one. The Golden State Warriors have traded D'Angelo Russell to the Minnesota Timberwolves. In exchange, the Minnesota Timberwolves dealt Andrew Wiggins to the Warriors. The Timberwolves also gave the Warriors a first and a second round pick. And the Warriors also handed the Wolves Amari Spellman and Jacob Evans, which that can just be... Salary fillers. Yeah, salary fillers. So, D'Angelo Russell and Andrew Wiggins. This is the keep Carl Carl Anthony Towns happy trade. Yeah. He wants his best buddy there. They're going to score a lot of points. They're going to let even more points through the basket. (laughs) But, look, I think Wiggins on the Warriors is what I'm actually looking forward to most. He's had a weird career that started good, looked promising, and then the advanced stat guy's like, hey, he's actually not that good. And it's become quite obvious that, you know, he takes a lot of long twos and he doesn't score the ball very efficiently. He's kind of become a black hole on offense. Yeah. He's improved his game a lot this year, but I think going to the Warriors next season with Clay Clay back and Steph back and... Draymond. Yeah, Draymond in a high pick. And Steph Kerr. uh, Steve Kerr. I think this is the perfect situation for him. Out of the spotlight, he's not... Well, Towns was the face of the franchise, but he's not, you know, 1A and 1B. He can do his own thing. He's got the Harrison Barnes sort of role. And he's let his game do the talking for a little bit. As you said, I I look at Minnesota and I see a great rising offensive player in Russell. And of course, as we've discussed, maybe the best offensive big man yep. or the best offensive center mm-hmm. um, in Cat. But it's tough. It's, it's tough for all small market teams but, like, I just look at Minnesota and I just, like, it's hard. I don't think they're going to be good enough to lead and uh, flare up a contender in the Wolves and draw in pieces that can help with that. They, th- those two cornerstones, if that's what it's going to be, aren't... And that small market of what Minnesota is, I'm not excited for the future. It's going to be tough for them, I think. And I agree with what you're saying. Um, Townsend's defense has improved each year. So if he can become a good defender, which I don't know what happened, but if he was good or at least above average, and they can get you know a good defensive power forward, and then they've got like enough money for another one more big piece... They can be quite a good team, I think. Yeah. But it does, it does need to work on... Their development needs to improve a lot. It's all about... Yeah. Like, yeah. there's a lot of things that need to go their way that I can't really see happening, and I'm a bit sceptical about... That's about right. A lot so, of things need to go their way. So, moving on from but those... On, on that... Oh, sorry. Sorry, Jack. Um, There's always been the rumours that these three players want to play together, and that's Towns, oh. D'Lo, and Booker. Booker's not going to go there for another, like, four years because he's signed with Phoenix. But can you imagine how bad they would be defensively? They'd score 150 a night, and they'll let go about 160, I reckon. They, they honestly need something like that to happen. You've just brought to my attention the last thing that I was awake for last night. The New York Knicks. They, mm. have, they have a new GM, fired Steve Mills. Leon Rose, who is a notable uh, player, play, player agent, um, and... He's the player agent for 
Devin Booker and Carl Anthony Towns, Joel Embiid, Carmelo Anthony, and some other names, but Devin Booker and Carl Anthony Towns, is Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell meeting Devin Booker at the Knicks? No. <laughs> Good luck trying to get New York out of this shell. I will edit that for Knicks fans and I'll release a Knicks episode only where Jack says yes. Shout out to James Lee, big fan of the show. Big, big fan of the yeah, show. And big Knicks supporter. I'm sure he'll be lovely to hear me say yes, they're all going to the Knicks. James Lee is the man that I'm actually going to the US with in less than four weeks. And we're going to his favourite Knicks, Madison Square Garden. We're going to see the Charlotte Hornets against the Knicks, Devontae Graham. What a great game that's going to be. And I was hoping, and I'm sure James was hoping, that we were going to see the likes of Marcus Morris. But unfortunately... He's gone. That's not going to happen. We are now uh, witnessing the trade that happened, That probably the latest and biggest trade towards the end of the deadline. It was the last impactful trade. Yes. Uh, the New York Knicks traded Marcus Morris to the Los Angeles Clippers which is essentially the biggest thing of the trade. They received Mo Harkless from the Clippers and a first-round pick from the Clippers. Washington chimed in, uh, and they received Jerome Robinson from the Clippers, and they dealt Isaiah Thomas to the Clippers. My boy. And then what's happened? Oh, and then it was announced that Isaiah Thomas will not be kept uh, by the Clippers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Waved straight away. Probably priority. waved. Why did Washington chime in on this, you reckon? Because it doesn't like make too much sense to me. I feel like Isaiah Thomas could have just... It must be salary. Salary, yeah, financial it was reasons. Just to make the salaries match, make the trade go through, Washington can get rid of another player. Um, pretty much it. Poor IT. He's, uh, his career has really taken a... A big U-turn from where it was. Yeah, it was. my gosh. Um, I, I even as a Philly fan, it here's an exclusive. I don't know if you know this. It four was my favorite player while he was at like of the NBA while he was at Boston. He was the most exciting player to watch in the league. I thought, and I was Boston fan, so obviously I was biased. But we'll we'll touch on that another episode because I'm going to get emotional now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Uh, yeah, uh, Isaiah Thomas will be waived. We didn't mention it because it's not that notable of a trade, but Shabazz Napier, who in the first trade was at the Nuggets, ended up at the Wizards, and I assume they will be experimenting with Shabazz now, still waiting for John Wall, who's dunking fiercely in videos. The Wizards going to stretch that out, obviously. Yeah, no point playing him. Yeah. Um, Marcus Morris, Clippers. To, to the Clippers. This is a big one. And it's kind of a two birds, one stone, because they've got a good player, but they've also kept him away from the Lakers. And he was what sources say was Lakers' biggest interest. So this is big for the Clippers. This is, that's the only thing that I can think of, because if we start talking about our our view on the trades, the Clippers so clearly were just the, the one piece. They've got so many good pieces. The one sort of piece they're missing is a big man, a big man to stop these, mm. these ads and these embeds and etc. Jokic's Jokic, PJ Tucker's PJ Tucker, the <laughs> biggest <laughs> center in the league at the moment. 
But then they go out and get Marcus Morris. And it, yeah, for me, it only makes sense that they're just literally trying to keep him away from the Lakers. I've seen a lot of him, you know, obviously with his Boston days. Um, and he defends fours quite well. So I think Paul George is most comfortable playing as a tall shooting guard and Kawhi is obviously a small forward. So I think this does help them um, just to give a good shooting. Um, he is a bit of a black hole in offense, but I, I do think that offensively he will help. Um, and it do, does give you a, a bigger body to throw at someone like AD, obviously still undersized, but decent. Um, but yeah, just a good defender as well. So as I've mentioned before, my championship pick before the season and I said it was growing over the season and it grows even more as I look at the roster of the Clippers starting five is potentially going to be uh, Ivica Zubac Marcus Morris Kawhi Leonard Paul George and Patrick Beverly. you've got the likes of Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell coming off the bench, Jermichael Green's being good. I always talk about Landry Shaman and Rod- Rodney Magruder. Patrick Patterson's done his bit. This this is the team. So I think we've had this discussion so many times about who was the king of LA. And we always said it doesn't matter what we think now. Yes, that's correct. What happens at the deadline is crucial. Yes. The Clippers surprised us. Lakers surprised us, and I don't think the Clippers necessarily got a lot better. I think it'll help no, them not no, a lot. No. Yeah, but the fact that the Lakers didn't improve at all is what should worry Laker fans. I think. Yeah. So talking about those Los Angeles Lakers today in that Houston Lakers game at Staples Center, there was one Darren Collison sitting next to Jeannie Bus, the Lakers owner. Uh, in the crowd. Tell us, what was he doing there, Jack? Well, Collison's a weird one. Um, He was pretty much a bang-on-average NBA point guard. He was not bad, not good, played a good role, and could be a starter on a playoff team. Filled in well for a well-coached Indiana team last year Mm. when Oladipo was out. Yeah. And then, out of nowhere, he retired from the NBA to focus on his religion, which is um, Jehovah's Witness. Alex Randstall. Yep. So shout out to the, AFL, Bronx our, footy, our footy fans out there. Um, so yeah, it surprised everyone, and it's probably one of the weirdest retirements we've seen. Then we get halfway through the year, and there's rumours that he wants to come back. He missed it on the the eleven million dollars he turned away. So obviously, when you've got this opportunity to pick whoever you play for, more or less, he wants to go to one of the LA teams. Good weather, championship championship contender. So, yeah, here he is today with Jeannie Buss at the Lakers game, keeping a close eye. Where they lose to a small ball Mm. team. So many people are talking about the Lakers needing another ball handler. I don't subscribe to that too much. I think when the minutes tied up in the playoffs and LeBron, and I'm hoping AD um, put the foot, you know, pedal to the metal, um, I think everything should be all right. I think that the Kuzma conundrum. Is a real one. Yeah. Man, he's he's good. He's a good player. Mm. Yeah, he's he's a good player, but... He's a one-trick pony. What's the opposite of magnify? You know, we, uh, behind LeBron James and Anthony Davis, he, you know, he makes his shots, and he's got that size, 
He can drive, get fouled. He's just, if they could have, which they didn't, if they could have found someone same quality but a better fit for Kuzma, that's what I really would have been liking for the Lakers. They they need another wing defender. Like you said with the Clippers who needed a big man, and that's to counteract the Lakers' bigs, the Lakers need a wing defender to counteract Paul George and Kawhi Leonard going at him. They didn't get it. And that's the thing that I think maybe Darren Collison will help because he's a decent defender and takes minutes away from Rondo, who's way past his prime. You can't yeah. defend anymore. Silly. So at least that means that if Collison's defending the one, you can slide Bradley and Green up a position and just give extra minutes guarding. You know, Green can defend Kawhi for a few minutes here and there and Paul George for here and there, and I think that's where it's going to be beneficial. So if there's one other team that you know, may be judged, let's say, for not making a trade, it would be your Boston Celtics. Uh, again, like the Clippers, a lot of people saying they need a, a good, big, defensive big. Talk us through the the decision-making you think they went through in not, not making a trade. I think Ainge had... I think he was in a bit of a tough position because we're finally getting to see this team gel. Um, and it's good to see like Jalen and Jason finally develop, and obviously Kemba and Gordon playing big roles. But that's sort of you think of Boston, you think of those four players and Smart. Daniel Tice is our starting center. Cantor off the bench is obviously like I love Tice, and I know he can defend quite well. But your favorite thing to talk about is how Embiid is just too big for him. Yes, and and and, and don't be thinking that Sunday's game was Embiid's hand strapping is. Stopping him. Righto. But no, I do think that for Boston to be elevated into, oh, we're like a massive championship contender, we've got a big chance here. We did, we did need another big man. But I don't mind Danny sitting on this. Um, There weren't many defensive bigs on offer. There was like rumors of trying to get Neil and Snowell or something like that just to run the floor and, you know, provide a bit of rim protection. Would have broken my heart. Yeah, would have. Favorite player of all time. But no, I think he's made the right decision as much as I was sort of like, because it was sort of like, where's Danny going to go from this and what's he going to find rather than here's one clear-cut option, make this happen. The thing that does worry me though is that Boston's got um, Milwaukee's first round pick, which won't be too high, but then they've also got Memphis's, which, you know, decent pick, as well as two second rounders. So Boston's now got to try and create roster space for four players potentially or, you know, draft and stash them in Europe or something like that. So a lot of Boston fans wanted Danny to try and package some or one of those for something. And obviously that didn't happen. So this is another thing for Danny to have to worry about come come the draft and once the season's over is another thing to try and deal. Everyone at their best, those six East teams, which... So, including Boston, at their best, who is the team that you wouldn't want Boston to face? I think Philly matches up with us best, and you'll love me saying that. I do. But I think your your defense is unbelievable. You've got some big bodies that all can switch quite well. I'm probably still the most worried about Milwaukee, because I think they are almost like a perfectly oiled machine at the moment. Um, Giannis in the middle, shooter surrounding him. They're on track to have the highest net rating of any NBA team ever. 
Like they are just dominating right now. Giannis has got the highest PER ever. Yeah. So, look, I think the Bucks are the best team. But in terms of teams that I think we're equal to, or Boston equal to, I think Philly are the ones that would knock us off. It's going to be such an interesting race, the Eastern Conference battle and also the Western Conference. That pretty much wraps up our show for today, Jack. Yeah, it's been fun. It has been. It uh, was a it was a wild forty eight hours there with the trade deadline. Yeah, I, I'm quietly relieved that it's over. But it's also a bit sad that it's over because you look forward to it for yeah, so long. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, but there's still a lot more to look forward to in the season upcoming. That's it. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and like us on Facebook, the Bronx Cheer Basketball, and also subscribe to our podcast on any podcast app that you use and rate the podcast, especially on Apple Podcasts, if you can. Leave us a comment, a review. It all goes a long way. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, thank you, JL. It's been my pleasure. Can't wait for next week. Thank you so much. We'll uh, catch you next time.